Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. This is the story of the Watt. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. How about now? Oh, Matt, I'm sure you got a great question, too. Can you hear me? Text it to Bill Huber, and then, Bill, you tell me. You know, I give up. I'm sorry, Matt. I don't know what... Sarah, can you hear it? And then I can... I can. Yeah. Do you want to... Sarah, wanna... okay. You Sarah, well, can... Don't make it complicated, though. I'll try not to. You translate. All right. The organization hasn't brought back older guys like that. Why do you think they view Mercedes differently? And just because they haven't brought back older guys like that, why do you think it's different with Mercedes? Boom. Fun with video conferencing in the era of the pandemic. The NFL continues to thrive, even though the rest of the country is anything but thriving. We're trying to thrive here one day at a time on PFT Live. Christopher is home today. Looking a little bit like Mr. Freeze from one of the Batman movies, the Schwarzenegger character. A little blue today. Oh, thank you. I don't know. You know, I got... uh... The lights have been on in this room, my little office here the whole night, and you're right, I do look a little blue, but I don't know, maybe it's the background reflection a little, but I uh, I don't know. All I know is it's kind of hot, it's hot as hell in here, all right? The lights, all this electronics have been on here, and it's like 80 degrees in this room, so I'm just hoping I don't sweat throughout the show here. Well, it's good that you have a sweatshirt on. Given how hot it is, it's it's smart. Yeah, to dress well, I didn't ex- I didn't expect, and we are in a blizzard here in the Northeast, so it's you know you want to dress warm. Like I mean, we legit might got about I would say a foot and a half of snow on the ground right now. Chris's Rolls Royce apparently is an all wheel drive, so he couldn't drive to the studio today. We know that it's a oh you're on a roll today. You're up there on the mean streets of Greenwich. <laughs> Hello, it's VFT Live. It's a Thursday. It's week fifteen. And uh, also SiriusXM, NBCSN. Hello to our good friends in the UK and Ireland who have a huge passion for football and are probably starting to realize there aren't a lot of games left, especially in the regular season. We're down to 48. Good news is the NFL's gotten them in. Bad news is there's only three weeks left. And tonight's game, look... I said in the aftermath of the Monday Night Classic that it's going to make us anticipate more football. It's the perfect way to set the table for the last three weeks of the season. And then I look at tonight's game and I think, yeah, it's really not getting me all that excited for tonight's game. I mean, come on, let's, we're, we're not going to be uh, intellectually dishonest to the audience and try to tell them that this is some great matchup. The Raiders are down to their last chance. Basically the chargers are cooked, but you know, the, the, Ra- the Raiders could blow this. That, that's why you watch it. There's a chance the Raiders are just going to self-select. They're going to take themselves out of the mix for the seventh spot in the AFC by, by tripping over their shoelaces and, and losing at home to a division rival, Chris. Well, I mean, who knows with the Raiders right now, right? I mean, they're kind of a team in like a, a free fall for the last few weeks. Easily, easily. If it isn't for the dumbest defensive call in the – you know, 21st century to this point, they've lost four in a row. 
I mean, that that's simply how it is. And then, of course, you talk about firing a defensive coordinator on a Sunday evening, right, on the short week. They got a bunch of players, some good football players, again, not going to be able to play tonight, not available. So, I, I, I mean, again, I, I think it's fun because, like what you're saying, it's a little bit, it seems like it's ripe for an upset. And also, John Gruden and Derek Carr is always good theater. And the other guy on the other side, Justin Herbert, I'm always excited to see him throw lasers all over the field. So, you know, from that standpoint, it does add some excitement here. And there's some good players on the field. I think it should be a good watch because still, like you're saying, with all that's going on, the Raiders, they got a chance here and they're fighting for something. According to points bet, the Raiders are favored by three. And it's the highest over under of the week at 53.5. We are still spoiled by the 89 points that were scored on Monday night. So even if there's 60, it will be two-thirds of what we saw most recently. And and that that's the problem. The bar was set so high on Monday night, it's going to be hard for games this week to live up to it, especially a game between two teams where we look at it and we just kind of say, eh. But uh, there is drama. The, the Raiders with the turmoil, the firing of Paul Gunther, the defensive coordinator, abruptly after Last Sunday night's loss to the Colts Sunday afternoon. The firing happened on Sunday night. And then you have to turn it around and and get ready to go on Thursday night with Rod Marinelli as the new defensive coordinator. Good news for the Raiders. Josh Jacobs, their star running back, is not on the final injury report. That means he's good to go. But four Raiders defensive starters are out. Wow. Safety Jonathan yeah. Abram, defensive end Cleveland Farrell, cornerback Damon Arnett, and linebacker Nicholas Morrow. Oh, and on top of all that, Henry Ruggs star rookie receiver on the COVID-19 reserve list. So a few men down for the Raiders as they go into this must-win game. Yeah, it, it's, it seems like when you just kind of go through all the storylines and it's Thursday night football, and yeah, I, I know the game's in Las Vegas, but that doesn't matter. It just, it seems primed for an upset. It, it really does. It just seems like it's set up that way. You know, you never know with Thursday night, but, you know, to the Chargers, Anthony Lynn, you know, he's not sure where the status is of his career is here right now. So, you know, they're going to be fighting for something as far as he's concerned. He's going to have an edge about him, hoping that, hey, can can I can we get three wins at the end of the year that maybe save my job, give me a better, you know, perception in the media and with the fan base because of some of the clock management issues and all of those type of things this year. Uh, I, I think that's a very real aspect of this as well, let alone really Mike. This is the crazy thing about the Chargers. I mean, when you really break it down and you start to go position by position and unit by unit, you start to go, well, the Chargers are every bit as good as the Raiders. You know, the offense can can do it all. I'm going to give the advantage probably to the Raiders when healthy, but the defense, there's no doubt that the Chargers are better on that side of the ball. And, you know, the records look a little, little you know, different. But I think the, 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 the actual reality on the field is a lot closer than the records say, and I think that could lead to, to good TV tonight. John Gruden has been back as coach of the Raiders now for three seasons, 4-12 and 12 his first year with a point differential of negative 177, 7-9 last year with a point differential of minus 106. This year, 7-6, and six, point differential of minus 41 for a team with a winning record, that is a little bit on the odd side. Weird. And right. I, I know he signed that much-hyped 10-year, $100 million contract, although from the get-go there were questions about how much of it's really guaranteed and how much of it's front-loaded, how much of it's back-loaded. Is it really what it seems to be? And frankly, when, when we know, as we tend to hear behind the scenes, that there are other coaches making a hell of a lot more than that, it doesn't sound as impressive as it did three years ago. But I remember how we were right. blown away by the commitment that was made by Mark Davis. You just have to wonder, number one, at what point is it no longer cost prohibitive to move on from John Gruden if that's what Mark Davis decides to do? And number two, at what point would Mark Davis just write a check if he becomes exasperated with where the team is? Now, he was so smitten with the idea of bringing Gruden back, I don't think he falls out of love with him after only three years. But at some point, Chris, pointed questions have to be thrown in the direction of John Gruden, who, frankly, since right place, right time Super Bowl win 2002 with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, you look at the 
at the career accomplishments and there's and, and, yeah. hey, why are you guys always so negative why is everybody so negative well you, you've lost more than you've won as it relates to the ultimate pass fail of getting to the playoffs I'm going to pull up his full career record here. He's probably on the yeah. right side of 500, but if he is, it's not by much. And he hasn't been to the playoffs many times since winning that Super Bowl 18 years ago. No, uh, Mike, I mean, you, I, I can't really argue a lot of that. I mean, really. I mean, yeah, the, the, the results on the field maybe don't match the perception of what we really think of him or how we view John Gruden. Uh, because he is a little bit of an offensive genius, of course, in so many ways, the personality, the charisma, all that adds to the lure of Gruden, right? And maybe, yeah, maybe makes us think he's better than he is to a degree uh, in a lot of our eyes. But, you know, I I'll say this. I don't think we're anywhere near having that conversation with the Las Vegas Raiders right now. I, I don't. I, I mean, really, I think the Raiders are on the right track. I, I mean, again, I think from where the team was when he took over and how crappy it is, he's really, as as we were saying a few weeks ago, the, the, he's built a team that in some ways can compete with the Kansas City Chiefs. No, they're not perfect yet. He's got the offensive side of the ball close to perfect and where he wants it. Now it's the defense, and he's got some pieces in the defense, the secondary, great. But as we talked about, you know, the other day when we heard about the Paul Gunther, this is the next thing for the Raiders football team this offseason is front seven, front seven, front seven. And I think when they get that, there'll be a total football team to where we'll see a little bit better results on the field. But I think all in all, things are still on the up and up. He is John Gruden. He does bring, you know, the spotlight to the Las Vegas Raiders. And I think Mark Davis just just not not knowing or hearing the rumors about his financial situation, I would have a hard time thinking he's going to cut that type of check and cut ties with John Gruden at this point anyways. First of all, you don't need a spotlight to be brought when the name is Las Vegas Raiders, first of all. The spotlight is already there when it's Las Vegas Raiders. Second of all, 63-78 and 78 is John Gruden's record since the Super Bowl year of 2002. Chris, he hasn't won a playoff game since Super Bowl 37 that was won by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So I – if it was anybody else, if it was anyone not named John Gruden, we'd be saying he's got to go. We'd be saying it's not working. We'd be saying it's over. We'd be saying, why did you leave the broadcast booth? What was wrong with you? What were you thinking? You know, there's a lot of hype. There's a lot of smoke and mirrors. There's a lot of tough talk and scowling that has fueled this guy's perception that he's a great coach. You can't say he's a great coach when you're 63 and 78 since 2003, Chris. Uh, I, I understand. I, I'm, I, I, I get that. I'm not going to say he's a great coach. I think he's a real good coach. He just, he's a capable of winning a Super Bowl type of coach. I do think that's you know, still, still very much in the reality of John Gruden. And, you know, seven and nine last year, where they are right now at seven and six, some bumpy road early, early on in the Oakland, with the Oakland Raiders because of some of the contract situations and all that. But he's righted the ship. They've done a lot of really good things. And we still don't know if they might not make the playoffs this year. So let's not jump the gun on that type of conversation. And... I think at the very least, like if Mark Davis, who I think is a pretty smart guy and realistic, been around football his whole life, realizes that when John Gruden took this team over, it was one of the crappier teams in football and it needed a lot of work. So this is the first year he should have expected anything as far as, you know, competitions concerned about being in the playoff race. He's getting that. Yeah, they faltered as of late. It doesn't look good, but I don't think we're anywhere near having that conversation about Gruden yet. First of all, you would not bet your Rolls Royce on the Raiders getting to the playoffs this year. I know you would No, not. I would not. I'm you just wouldn't. saying they're in the midst okay. of it. Right, right. S second, and I don't second have a Rolls Royce. I don't have your house. No, you have, a, you have a Bentley. Second of all, yeah, there's a lot of Rolls Royces rolling around here in West Virginia. Second of all, look at the other coaches who have come in with as little or less in the cupboard over the past few years and gotten to the playoffs. Look at what Ron Rivera is doing in Washington. I know that the division stinks, but look at what he's doing with Alex Smith. And I know he's 
blessed with a great front seven, but we didn't expect anything out of Washington this year. Look at what Joe Judge is doing with the Giants. We didn't expect a damn thing out of the Giants this year. Look at what Kevin Stefanski did with the chronically underachieving Cleveland Browns. He's got them on the brink of the postseason. So these arguments that, well, he needs more time, he needs more time, this isn't 1975 where you come in with a five-year plan. There are guys all around the league who are turning bad teams around quickly. Andy Reeb, when he got to Kansas City in 2013, he instantly turned around an underachieving team, and they've never looked back. So I'm, I'm, I'm just – look, I got nothing against So John what do you Gruden. think? You think it's hot seat time? Like if they don't make the playoffs? No, you I, think, think, okay. I, think if, I think if it was anybody but John Gruden – it would be hot seat time. That's what's amazing to me. This urban legend has grown up over the past 15 years, 20 years, that John Gruden is a modern-day Vince Lombardi, and the results don't back it up. And no one okay, will say yeah. it. That's well, what's amazing to me. No one will say it. He's not a great coach. He's barely a good coach. He's arguably a mediocre to average coach. And he's willing to call out anyone else who isn't getting it done and do that whole two-face thing which is fitting today since half your face is blue and half your face is white but you know you know that's it's funny it's funny somebody told me the other day well you know what Gruden does Gruden Gruden will say uh you know you're my guy you're my guy you're my guy and then the minute you walk away he's, he's bad mouth and it's like I work with Chris Sims I know that I've known it for three and a half years that's baked that's baked into the cake that's John Gruden's DNA Right? How many other coaches get away with being that way and no one ever calls him out? It's just amazing to me because he was pretty good on TV, not spectacular, not not as I mean, I guess you know, it depends on who you're comparing him to, but there's just this this John Gruden is Vince Lombardi thing yeah. and there's we can't an aura question around him, him and we can and let's I mean, you flip flip flop. Flip I mean, we're talking about Anthony Lynn getting run out of the out of the uh Chargers organization. Hell, he was 12 and 4 2 years ago. John Gruden hasn't been 12 and 4 since since the year he won the Super Bowl. Yeah. I, I Mike, listen. It, you know, what do you want to overhyped? I'm not going to disagree with you there. Yeah. I I you know, I don't know why. I think there's a lot of factors. Hey, the Chucky factor, he was a young handsome guy with the Oakland Raiders and got them back on the national scene. Gets traded to a team with some, you know, huge transaction involved in that. Wins the Super Bowl. Of course, has the Chucky personality down there as the Super Bowl winning head coach. And you're right. All the faces on the sideline, all those things. It's easy for people to talk about, latch on to. You know, everybody knows who John Gruden is. And then he goes in the booth and he was damn good in the booth. I mean, him and Tariko were as good a watch as it really gets. So I used to love that. And, and okay, the, the results have not been, you know, astounding. But I, I still think this is a, a very good football coach. I, and I know that I, I have maybe have bias because I played for him. But I think I've been pretty honest about John Gruden when I think things haven't been good. I've, I've spoken my heart there and, and my brain as far as that's concerned. Right. The, the guys you mentioned, he's got a better record than you call it. You call it bias. You call it bias. I call it Stockholm Syndrome. But continue, please. Well, I mean, he's got a better record than some of those coaches you talked about. Kevin Stefanski took over a team that's more talented than the Las Vegas Raiders. And, hey, the Raiders, they're close. You know, hey, the other thing is they, they play in a division where the king of the NFL resides. And that, that's an issue, too. It's not going to be easy, necessarily. But I don't think we're anywhere near that. Does he get a free pass to, like, what you're saying as far as, yes, you know, he's a little of a media darling. Okay, I'll buy that. But I don't, I'm not in, I don't think we're anywhere near hot seat or it should be hot seat conversation in reality, at least for not for me. I think the only difference between him and Rex Ryan is he's won a Super Bowl. And I, I just, I, I'm amazed and astounded. And it really hasn't hit me until today. It's kind of like the, the scales have come I know, off my I've eyes. I've seen you go morning. so hard There's on just, them like this. Well, yeah. Well, well, but, 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 I, as, again, if Anthony Lynn had done for the last three years as coach of the Raiders what John Gruden has done, we'd be saying, get in the hell out of here. If any other well, coach, if any other I, coach right now in the NFL okay. other than Bill Belichick had done what he's done for the last three years with the Raiders, there would be a much louder chorus of get him out of here and hire someone else. Uh, there would, I will agree with that. Okay, fine. Yes. But, you know, again... 
the difference between Rex Ryan and him, a Super Bowl, that that's a pretty freaking big deal. I mean, it's it's a big deal. I, I you know, I don't know what else to say there. So that that's there is ago. some Okay, there's something in to be Philadelphia said about that, it, though. Hey, in Philadelphia, they want to run Doug Peterson out of town, and he won a Super Bowl three years ago. Well, and he uh, took the oh, team to the okay. playoffs the two years after that, and they want to run him out of town. If John Gruden was the coach in Philadelphia, would they want to run him out of town? I don't well, know. Well, maybe, but that's it's Philadelphia. They're, they're a different animal altogether. We know that. I mean, we, we do. So, uh, again, I understand it with Gruden. Don't. With the Anthony Lynn thing, it's not fair to compare that. I don't think it is. Anthony Lynn, you know, we could sit here and argue with the with the Chargers and their 4-9 and nine record that five of those losses could just go on Anthony Lynn and clock management in that. John Gruden has not had that issue one time. Maybe not as high-flying and awesome of a football team as we want, but still a lot of good there. And, yeah, they haven't found their way. We'll see. But I, I'll agree with you on everything other than, yes, I think he's a good coach, and I don't think we're in the hot, su- hot seat conversation yet. I don't think we are either. All I'm saying is it shouldn't be a forbidden topic because it feels like it is. It feels like there's this protective shell around John Gruden. Maybe he was, hey, isn't it great? I, I, I can't fault the guy. If you can, in an industry where... Winning matters and losing gets you fired. If you can create uh, create an aura that makes you impervious to that, bra- bravo! I uh, you right. cracked the code, right? Um, because he's good on TV, because he gives good quotes, because we think it's funny when he makes his kind of overgrown Dennis the Menace facial expressions or Calvin from Calvin and Hobbes. Remember when Calvin would make the faces and his mom would say, it's going to freeze that way someday. And he said, great, right? He makes those faces and we think it's entertaining. And we, we couldn't wait for him to come back to coaching. We couldn't wait for it. And, and, and so we're willing to be, we're willing to be patient when, yeah, okay. I don't know. And, and now we're reaching the blame shifting stage of Gruden's existence, which should make everyone in the organization nervous because Paul Gunther's already had the hammer fall on him. And I think if I'm Mike Mayock, I'm looking over my shoulder and I'm wondering what he says about me when I walk out of the room now, because is he blaming this on me? How much of his failure is being thrown at me when I walk away? I think that's a legitimate question if you're anyone who's in a posi- position to, to catch flack and take blame for why the Raiders haven't made it to the playoffs during the three years Gruden's been back if they don't make it this year. He can be brutal that way. I mean, I'm not going to deny it. I mean, yeah, okay, we know that. He's not the only coach that's brutal that way either, though. I mean, that, that, that's that, you know that's just part of no. NFL life. No, but they, but they get not- fired if they lose. Right, but they no, get fired well, okay. if they lose. That's yeah, the, well, everyone right, else but- everyone else is held to a different standard than John Gruden. That's my overriding point. I'm not trying to pick on John Gruden, but the yeah. po- and the fact that the fact that I'm kind of like, "Oh boy, am I saying something I shouldn't say?" It's I, I'm I'm piercing through this candy coating that has been wrapped around his coaching reality. And and I don't get it. I don't get I am awake. I am here. I am arrived and I'm well, saying I don't get it with John Gruden. I don't get it. He made the Oakland Raiders into a Super Bowl contender. He got the Tampa Bay Buccaneers over the hump to win a Super Bowl and made them relevant for, you know, five or six years. I was part of one of those playoff runs. Jeff Garcia was part of another one, of course, and then there's the Brad Johnson Super Bowl run. So for a lot of coaches, that'd be pretty damn good to have on their resume, all right? And then he goes, yes, to the Las Vegas Raiders. Now, obviously, there was an agreement to let some things you know, let some time here. I need time to do that. All right. Yes. Does maybe he get a little bit of a free pass as compared to other coaches? Okay. I'm not going to disagree, but that's part of, like you said, he's cracked the code. He's charismatic. He knows how to talk to people. He knows how to talk ball. I'll say this though. Like really let's go through this, Mike. Who's go. Let's go through the chargers and Raiders roster. Like like we could do it real quick. You know, quarterback, who are we going to give the advantage to? I mean, I, right now, maybe, I don't know, probably Justin Herbert. Uh, really? Listen, I, I, it's very I'm not going to argue. I'm not, we don't have to go through okay. position by position. Okay. I, I will concede to you that the Chargers are a better team. But after three years of being there, three years is an eternity in the NFL. Three years is more than enough time to turn a team around. And 
even though Mike Mayock is the GM, John Gruden is in charge of that operation. We know that. From the moment he walked through the door with his $100 million contract, he's in charge. He's the one right. who's making the decisions about where they spend their money, where they spend their draft picks. He's the guy who's doing it. And after three years, you can't say, well, oh, well, well, well blame it on Reggie McKenzie. How Reggie McKenzie put a playoff team together. Yes. Well, let's see. Maybe this is a playoff team this year. I mean, they're on the outside looking in. Betting your Rolls Royce. Will you feel better? Well, no. Will you will you feel better though in three weeks if they are in the playoffs to where it'll change? You know, they won't be. Okay. All right. I didn't know you know everything. All right. I'm I'm interested to do the picks to this week. I'm gonna gambling. I might actually gamble if you know all these answers. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I've I've already asked you the question. Would you bet your Rolls Royce on the Raiders making it to the playoffs? And you said no. Now the question yes, is, would you bet I would your Rolls not Royce bet on the Raiders not if making it? If I had a Rolls Royce, now I'll ask one of my neighbors here in Greenwich, Connecticut, for their Rolls Royce. Maybe Judge they'll Judy. let me gamble Judge that. Judy. Yeah, right. I would like to tra- uh, take hers, but uh, you seen I, Judge I don't Judy? Think it's crazy. She, does she shovel her own snow? I doubt it. I I, I don't think that's going on do very you, often around here. Do you shovel here. your own snow? Do you shovel your no, own snow? No, I don't. That's I'm not going to lie and tell you. No, <laughs> I, I do not. Sorry. I pay people to do that. You know, I, you, chargers, I, you, know, I don't, you know why I don't? I don't because it melts eventually. Oh, I let, I let your, Mother Nature so take smart. care of my snow. Chargers, <laughs> Dolphins, Broncos, they can win all three of those games, Mike. They can win all three. And yeah, they might need a little help and, and some other teams will lose, but... They can win all three and maybe have a chance that last week to sneak into the playoffs. And we'll play this clip back and um, we'll throw it back in your face. And I'll be like, see, John Gruden is the man. He's a playoff coach. Eat it, Florio. If if they make it to the playoffs, I almost was going to say I'll dye my hair blonde like his, but I won't do that. Don't do that. I will wear. I've got I've got a Raiders zip up downstairs that I will okay. I will wear it and I will own it and I will praise the Raiders. And see this is the kind of thing where and, and you know we're we're dealing with with some cult mentalities beyond football right now. That's all I'm going to say about that, but don't let yourself as a fan of the Raiders become a member of the cult. You you should demand more than what you're getting. And just because John Gruden is the coach, that's not good enough. Maybe for some fans, maybe for Mark Davis, it's good enough. We don't have to contend John Gruden's our coach, and he's cool, and I get to hang out with him. I don't care if we're 7-9. and nine. Uh, All right, well, fans of the team that demand something more than what they've gotten since the Raiders went to the Super Bowl, the year that they lost to Gruden and the Buccaneers and really haven't been much at all since then. I mean, that that's one of the reasons why the Raiders are tolerating this is it's still better than what they've had for the most yeah. part prior to Gruden. Sure. Other than the one no, year no. they went to the playoffs with the team that Reggie McKenzie put together, this is this is yeah. you know better overall than some of the the horrible years we've seen. Yeah, no, no doubt. I think that's that's what I mean. That's where I was talking about when you crapped all over me before and I said, you know, John Gruden makes them a little bit more relevant. He adds to the shininess of them. I don't care if they're in Vegas or not, all right? So uh, th- there's no doubt. And let's not forget, last year, 7-9, and nine, it doesn't look that great now. But nobody, we didn't expect them to be 7-9 and nine and, and in the playoff conversation early December last year. So that, that was a win of a year right there, too, and we can't forget that. You know, uh, right now, they're reeling. And it hasn't looked good. They need to right the ship in a big way. Or the conversation that we're having is going to become a more common conversation this offseason. I could tell you that. So that's where this end of the season is important. To right the ship for, you know, what's around Gruden, the talk, all of that. And then, of course, a chance to get in the playoffs. If they're not competing for and achieving a playoff berth next year, John Gruden, in my mind, is shifting into Lyle Landley territory and fans of the Simpsons will know he's the guy that went town to town selling monorails. And if you can pull it off more power to you. And if in a highly competitive industry, like the the national football league, you can remain gainfully employed as a head coach based upon performances that would get any other coach fired. Good for you. Good for you. Congratulations, John Gruden, regardless of wins and losses, you have won. All right.
we, we spent a lot more time talking about that game than I thought we would. Now I have to see what we're going to talk about next. Let's take a break. When we return, I think we're going to do a little what's more likely to get you ready for the other games to come in week 15. We'll do that when PFT Live continues right after this. Around any corner, within every battle, and with the dawn of each new day, the threat of the unexpected, the unpredictable, and the unrelenting lies in wait. But Marines will always be there. They are the constant in the chaos. No matter the battlefield, Marines adapt to win, defeating every shifting threat, protecting our nation's future. The few, the proud, the Marines. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. I think he's doing a great job. I really do. Giving these guys chances, putting them in position to win. And, you know, like we talked about earlier about using my legs to, to move first down, you move the markers. He, he does such a great job of doing that, uh, really. When he wants to tuck it and run, he can move. Uh, now, I don't, I don't know about the finishing part when he tripped up to the five-yard line, but uh, he can move. That's Baker Mayfield on Daniel Jones, a very different tune than the one he sang to the GQ uh, reporter in 2019 when he said, I don't sounds get it. Like, I don't know it sounds like happened. he's trying to make up for it. That's what that sounded like to me. <laughs> hey, but but look, look I, I, I don't want to get any hostile emails from anyone from GQ, but I still have a problem with that that uh, that strategy of, hey, we want to put you in GQ. Hey, we're going to do a photo shoot. Hey, come hang out right. with the writer. And Hey, hang out all day. Let's eat lunch. Don't always understand what they're right. stepping into as they say these yep. things. They're not schooled in the nuances of what's on the record and what's not on the record. And then four months later, the article comes out, and they're made to look like idiots for things that they said without necessarily realizing those things were going to be used against them. All right, enough of that. What's more likely time for Week 15? Browns, Giants in a big spot, flexed into primetime. Hey, Cowboys, get the flex out of here is basically what the NFL said. What's more likely, Miles Garrett has zero sacks or Daniel Jones has zero turn? I made you laugh while you were drinking. What's more likely, Miles Garrett has zero sacks or Daniel Jones has zero turnovers? Now, Jones has three straight games without a turnover before three fumbles, one lost against the Cardinals, and Garrett has a sack in eight of his 11 games this season. So what's more likely? I I like that. Uh, you, get, you almost made me ch choke on my car. Get the flex <laughs> out of here, Cowboys. All right. I, I could I could use that in my repertoire. Uh, I think our, there's there's really, I mean, sacks and turnovers, Garrett, Daniel Jones, I, 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 they're, they they're easily could both happen. But the one I'll say, like, Miles Garrett is going to get a sack in this football game. That is a guarantee. With that Giants offensive line, the way they played last week, and of course, he's the best pass rusher in football off the edge, not named, you know, Aaron Donald, who's not on the edge most of the times. So I'll go with Daniel Jones as zero turnovers, even though I don't feel real comfortable about that because of the stats you talked about already and all that. But one thing I know is that Miles Garrett's going to get a sack on Sunday Night Football. You know, it would be easy for me to say I think Daniel Jones is going to get zero turnovers because there's a chance he's not going to play. Joe Judge said <laughs> well, yesterday that he hasn't decided whether it's going to be Daniel Jones or Colt McCoy. Jones has an ankle injury on top of the hamstring, and Judge said that Jones will play if he can protect himself like he would in a normal game, but he hasn't made a decision yet as to whether it will be Jones or the former Browns quarterback Colt McCoy under center. Chiefs 12-1 at the 10-3 Saints. What's more likely? Patrick Mahomes throws one interception, or Taysom Hill throws two or more touchdown passes. And Taysom Hill has had two straight games with two passing touchdowns. 
Mahomes, as we know, had three interceptions for the second time in his career on Sunday against the Dolphins. What's more likely? Yeah, this is another good one by Pete here. I mean, it really is because, it, it, you know, it's very realistic to think that both of these could happen, especially when you take into account, like, the Saints. We know Taysom Hill. They're going to run the ball. The Chiefs are a team, Mike, that they're kind of a what I would call an all-or-nothing team. They bring the house or they drop, it, drop the house into coverage. It, it's one or the other. And that could lead to some wide open people, you know, in the pass game this week when you're worried about, hey, let's crowd the line of scrimmage and let's smother Taysom Hill and Alvin Kamara in the run game. And then all of a sudden, Emmanuel Sanders or Michael Thomas are, you know, one on one flying down the middle of the field. So very realistic there. But I think if I'm going to pick one or the other, I'm going to say Mahomes throws one interception. All right, I'll, I'll take that. I think the Saints defense is going to do some creative things. They're going to bounce back from that crappy effort they had last week, I would think. That D-line, you know, one thing, and I talked about this on my podcast yesterday, that we just overlook a little bit with Patrick Mahomes, how well he moves. He is so good in the pocket. I think sometimes we give their offensive line a little bit of a free pass and go, well, they're, they're pretty good at pass protecting. You know, but I go back and watch that Dolphins game last week and I go, actually, the protection wasn't that good. He just he moves and makes so many plays so often that we don't even make a big deal about it anymore. We really don't. That's that's how amazing this damn guy is. Uh, but I, I guess I could see Mahomes throwing the one interception more than the two plus TD passes for Taysom Hill. What do you think? I got a different analysis here. I think that it will be imperative for the Saints to score points if they're going to have any chance of winning this game. So Hill had better throw at least two touchdown passes or they're not going to have a chance because you're not going to outscore the Chiefs if Taysom Hill isn't throwing the ball down the field. Hopefully this will be a shootout on par with what we saw on Monday night, but they're done. I'd be stunned if they win the game without Hill throwing at least two touchdown passes. I'd be stunned if they stay within 10 points to the Chiefs if Hill doesn't throw at least two touchdown passes. So I think that's going to be a key part of the overall offensive game plan on Sunday for the Saints. All right, next up, Bears 6-7, and seven. Vikings 6-7. and seven. Elimination game, not that the winner's going to make it to the playoffs either. What's more likely, David Montgomery gets 75 or more rushing yards for the Bears or Dalvin Cook gets 100-plus for the Vikings, Chris? Ooh. And, and I say that because... Well Montgomery yeah. actually has better numbers over the last three weeks. Yeah, I know. And, I mean, of course, the Bears' defense, we know it's pretty legit. Montgomery and the Bears' offensive kind of found their mojo here as of late. We've talked about it a few times. The last two offensive you know, performances for the Bears against the Lions and the Houston Texans, I know it's not great defenses, but the offense has looked different. That's for sure. I think if I'm, I'm with this one, 75-plus yards for David Montgomery against the Vikings defense, I like the chances of that more than I do Dalvin Cook getting over 100. I think he could flirt with it again, you know, against this Bears team, but I don't think he quite gets there this week. I'm going to go with uh, Montgomery, the 75-plus. Yeah, I agree, too. And, and frankly, I think Mitchell Trubisky matches up much better with the Vikings than Nick Foles, despite what Foles did to the Vikings in the NFC Championship game three years ago. The Vikings have been bedeviled by Trubisky throughout his career. And, and uh, I, I got a feeling, you know, I, I joked around earlier this week, well, I know what's going to happen. The Vikings will beat the Bears, they'll beat the Saints, and then they'll lose to the Lions and not make it to the playoffs. Let's just go ahead and put the fork in them now. I think they're going to lose this. I, I don't want to tip my picks coming up Hey, uh, later today as our podcast where we pick all the games I, I don't think the Vikings are going to win this game and I think Dalvin Cook's going to get shut down and I think it's going to be a long day at home for the Vikings it's going to be you know we've seen them play these home games where there's this what the hell's going on vibe and they finally wake up I just think against a team like the Bears they're not going to be able to wake up against the Panthers against the Jaguars they were able to wake up it's not going to work against the Bears all right Patriots Dolphins what's more likely Cam Newton throws a touchdown pass or Tua Tonga-Vailoa throws an interception. Newton has five touchdown passes this year. As Peter King pointed out yesterday, in 2015, yeah. he had five touchdown passes in three different games. He's got five total this year. Tua has one interception in six starts. What's more likely, Cam Newton TD pass or Tua interception? Well, I, I can't ever say that I'm expecting a Cam Newton TD pass. Not, you know, not with that offense, the way they play, all of that. Tua, I know it was his first interception last week. You know, he's dodged the bullet a little bit, you know, in his first few starts. We probably could have had, you know, a few others. I'm going to go with that. 
you know, with the Patriots, a little extra time, their secondary. I think the predictability a little bit within the Dolphins offense right now because of, hey, he's a young quarterback and they're not trying to do too much. That, that'll that play into the hands of, you know, the Belichicks being able to do some creative things and confuse him on the back end just at least a few times. And Mike, what is a, what's the status? Devontae Parker, I know he was a little banged up too. That's another huge aspect of that football game. I and mean, when we know those Patriots, they're going to play man-to-man. If he doesn't have a guy like Devontae out there, Ooh, that could be tough sledding for that Dolphins offense. And there's that there's that statistic about Bill Belichick's success, the first pass through against young quarterbacks, and and I don't have it in front of me, but he with with extra time to get ready, a little upset after getting manhandled by the Rams on Thursday night, and there's audio of Belichick saying to Sean McVay after the game, "You guys killed us tonight." I I, I think Tua is going to have his hands full, plus enough film right? Enough games out there of Tua playing that Bill Belichick will come up with something. I think it's more likely we see an interception from Tua than uh, a a touchdown pass from Cam. Although I think there's a chance we're going to see both because I I think that uh, the offense will be good enough for New England and the defense will be better than good enough. Again, I don't want to tip too many of my picks, but this feels like a, a trap. Isn't it odd to think Dolphins playing the Patriots is a trap for Miami? It's kind of feeling like a little bit of a trap to me. All right, Seahawks at Washington. What's more likely? Washington gets more than five sacks of Russell Wilson or fewer than two. Washington is tied for fourth this year with 40 sacks, Chris. And the Seahawks have 41 sacks allowed of Russell Wilson. That's tied for third most in the league. I hear your dog barking. Yes, he is barking. I have a feeling somebody might be shoveling snow out there, and I need to tell him to shut. It's okay, Bentley. Be quiet. All right? So here we go. You do have a Bentley after all. I do. Exactly right. It's 2020. It's the pandemic. We're in a snowstorm, and we're doing the show from home, okay? It's just the way the world is right now. Pete says, tell that dog to shut the hell up. I know, right? Yeah, seriously. Uh, All right. I mean, (laughs) this is on the low key a very interesting football game. You know, you mentioned it. That Washington defense – it's pretty damn special. You know, they're, they've got, they've crossed over into the, the, the line or conversation of like, hey, we're so damn good, we can almost win the game by ourselves. Like, offense, as long as you don't screw it up, we'll give you great field position, we'll cause a few turnovers, and hey, we might score ourselves too. I mean, they've gotten to that, to where you have to be so aware with Washington to almost go, hey, offense – Let's not mess the game up. Their offense is not very good. I still look at it last week with the 49ers. If they were willing to play a 13-10 game or six and just play really conservative, there, there's no way they're going to lose. They're not. You know, two touchdowns by Washington's defense. That won the game for them. I'm going to say that it's fewer than two. If you make me choose, I mean, I know likely it's going to be in the middle of there, but five sacks or Fewer than two. I'm going to go fewer than two because I think Russell Wilson is going to be very aware about negative plays against this team and that they're offensively challenged, and he'll, th- he'll know the, the broad picture look of what, this, what needs to be done in this game. Yeah, I agree with you. This is definitely not a let Russ cook game. This is a get back to old school Seahawks and just wear them Kinda, down and not, right. not step into the bear trap of, of letting that great front seven tee off on Russell Wilson and chase him around because as great as he is, he's been caught more than uh, we would have expected this year with those 41. He's not as fast as he used to be. That that's, there's no doubt about that. I mean, I think you see it a little, at least I do. It's still fast. I thought it was just, I thought it was just Kyler Murray. When you see the two of them in the same game, I thought that, that Kyler Murray's speed made Russell Wilson look a little bit less explosive, but you may be onto something you know he's he's too young to be losing any of it, but I don't I don't get it because that it's not what it used to be. I agree with you. Yeah, I think it's just hey, it is age. You're gonna at this at this age where he's at right now. You know what is what is Russell Wilson right now? Thirty thirty two. I think thirty two. Thirty two. You might lose a little something there, just a little bit of explosiveness. You know, the other thing, too, is, you know, you get older, you start to get bigger and thicker, right? You know, that's that's the case with men for a lot of the times. And I think he's a naturally thick, muscular guy, too, to where he's probably going to balance that out. But still elusive as hell. We know that. But, uh, you know, I'm with you. I think at one point I just thought, well, there's so many damn fast quarterbacks in football right now. That's why he doesn't look as fast. But the more I've watched, I go, no, 
You know, last year, the year before, I've seen a few plays where I go, he gets away from this guy, and he's not getting away from it and just getting, like, those shoestring tackles this year. So, yeah, something to watch out for. You are right, though. There is a point where the metabolism begins to betray you, and you have to actually be right. careful about what you eat and how often you right. exercise, lest uh, your your clothes be shrunk by the washing machine. All right, last one. Eagles 4-8-1 and one at the 7-6 and six Cardinals. What's more likely? Jalen Hurts rushes for 50 or more yards, or Kyler Murray rushes for 50 or more yards. Kyler has seven games of 50-plus this year, but none in the last four. Yeah, I think between him being banged up a little bit, I think they're a little reluctant to run him. I think they're quietly, you know, trying to keep his injury and him being banged up maybe under the radar. And then the Eagles' run defense is real. You know, and as we always talk about with the Cardinals, you know, it's people have figured out that that pass offense. So therefore they've been able to now, okay, I got that figured out. Now, how do we stop him running and doing that type of stuff? So I'm going to go with Jalen hurts rushes for 50 plus. I don't, that's going to be tough too, because this Arizona defense, they got some speed up front with guys as far as Hassan Reddick and Simmons, the top 10 pick and Jordan Hicks and guys that can run down the quarterback. But I still think since it's new, and you don't know exactly how they're going to attack you and do do that yet, I, I'm going to go with Jalen Hurts here. What do you think? I think we're going to see an overcorrection by the Arizona defense uh, in light of what we saw Hurts do against the Saints. So I'm going to go with Kyler. Yeah. He's four weeks okay. plus removed from that shoulder injury. He should be healing up now. And, and we're, I think we're going to see early season Kyler as they get closer and closer to grabbing the brass ring of a playoff berth. All right, let's take a break. When we return... Trevor Lawrence told Dan Patrick yesterday he hasn't watched the Jets play this season. Could he be watching the Jets play up close, up very close next year? We'll, we'll let you hear some of what Trevor Lawrence had to say to Dan Patrick and try to make sense of it when PFT Live continues right after this. How can you not let the situation with the Jets affect you? Or at least, you know, that you could end up in New York if they don't win and you're the number one pick, you don't get to pick where you want to go. And that's really difficult for, you know, somebody just starting out. But how prepared are you to do something like that? I mean, I think I'm, I think I'm ready. Um, I think just being here at Clemson, my journey is, has taught me a lot. I've, I've grown up a lot the past few years. And I'm really just ready to take on whatever challenge it is. Um, and just to have the opportunity. Have you watched the Jets, Trevor? <laughs> I haven't really, honestly. I'll be honest. <laughs> Don't. Don't. Highlights and stuff. But, uh, <laughs> Don't. No, I mean, really, like, honestly, I know some of this stuff I say sounds cliche, but just to have the opportunity to go somewhere, help someone rebuild if that's what it is or, or whatever, and just win. That's what, you know, something I love doing. I think that's what I'm best at is winning. Trevor Lawrence with Dan Patrick yesterday, and uh, look, we 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 don't know what's ultimately going to play out here. I'd be stunned if Trevor Lawrence ends up going back to Clemson. Remember that was suggested at some point, and we're going to get to that in a second. But whether you go back to Clemson, whether you enter the draft now, you still. Unless you're going to pull the John Elway or Eli Manning power play, and there's risk involved in that because it could blow up in your face. Unless you're going to do that, you're always going to get picked if you're a great player by one of the worst teams in the NFL. That's just how it goes, Chris. Yeah, it is. That's how it goes. There, there's no doubt. But, I mean, the, I think that, that interview was very telling, you know, I, I think in a lot of ways. One, the confidence in which he talked about the next phase of his life, basically – like it's it's of course a foregone conclusion, which which it should be. You got to leave Clemson, you know. You gotta you gotta you know you know what do they say? You know, strike while the iron's hot, or get going when you know you you can. Either way, I mean it's it's there. You don't you can't pass up that opportunity and take a chance of getting hurt. And you know I think we're seeing with that guy too, just Trevor Lawrence and how he answered that. I think he welcomes the challenge. I do. You know as we saw with Joe Burrow and the Bengals last year and everything that that way. You know, a lot of the times, these type of quarterbacks, they feel like, hey, I can come in there and change everything about this organization and change not only the way we're perceived, you know, off the field, but the way we look on the field. And I think a lot of young quarterbacks or quarterbacks in general 
kind of relish those opportunities. You realize like, ooh, it could get dicey because I might not have a lot of support around me, but the reward is so great that I think it really, you know, makes quarterbacks or big-time players, you know, relish those situations more times than not. His comments did create the impression that he's definitely leaving Clemson, so Dan right? followed up. Hey, so it sounds like you're definitely not coming back. Here's what Trevor Lawrence had to say to that. Officially leaving Clemson, right, after the Final Four? I mean, it's it's likely. Obviously, okay. I'm not – I don't want to completely shut any door, but uh, – Well, didn't they introduce you on senior day? So that I thought that might have been their way of saying – Thank yeah, you, so I'm, I'm graduating, so Coach Sweeney let me go ahead. Hey, but Christian Wilkins, he he did it twice. He ran down the hill twice, two years in a row. So well, you never know. I never heard of somebody having two senior days, but uh, what the heck, <laughs> if they let you do it, you may as well do it. Might the well. way he's smiling, he's not He's not right. going back. Why would you go back? No. It, look, <clears throat> it, the, the going back to Clemson should never be – the issue. Don't go back and play for free. Don't get exploited any more than you've already been exploited by a system that makes billions and does not pay you fairly and does not even let you earn fairly based upon the the fame that that you are are earning through your abilities and sacrifices, etc. If you don't like the team and you don't want to play for the team that has the first pick, then then make your power play. Make it behind the scenes. Let someone else make it on your behalf like Eli Manning did. But it's amazing to me. The power plays work. They're 2-0. and They're undefeated. We just never see them, Chris. You're right. Well, it, it's, it's not normally in the, the DNA of a quarterback or a football player to do those type of things. You know, I think that's, that's, that's really, you know, it's rare. John Elway was in a situation he didn't like. Eli Manning had his reasons, you know, as far as the Manning family and what they didn't like about the Chargers. But more times than not, you know, these top, alpha big time football players they welcome this kind of opportunity you know and and you know i just hey you look at this the top of the draft is going to be very interesting i mean you know who who's going to be up there you know jets jacksonville we know that who are the good teams going to be after that that you know maybe in this quarterback conversation that maybe even would make a play to trade with the jets to get to the number one pick i think that could be uh, and i think a cool you should always consider you should always consider that offer because you get more lottery tickets in return quick break more pfs live Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. 